Hey everybody, you're listening to the 82nd episode of Two Views Movies Podcast on 2004's Dawn of the Dead. Want to ring the bell? All right. Ding, ding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast, a spoiler-filled podcast from Kansas City, Missouri, by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as we love arguing about them. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And we are back with another retro review, which means another poll. And this time it was 2004 movies. And we, uh, I think we, we did this one a little bit different. Um, last time, you know, I think we just kind of searched the top movies from, what would that have been, 2009? And threw them out there. And this time we kind of did the same, but but you chose two and I chose two, and and I won. It was kind of an it. <laughs> <laughs> you did win. In fact, I think you might have won. Oh, no, I took second. So, uh, you threw out there Dawn of the Dead and Cellular, and I threw out there National Treasure and Saw. So I, I kind of knew we had a, a big horror following because I've just been since we started the podcast, I've been pretty blown away by just the sheer amount of horror fans out there and how many of them have podcasts or you know other outlets um horror is just way bigger than i thought it was so i kind of knew going in that one of the horror movies would probably win but uh national treasure made a decent run at it and i think some of it was out of spite and some of it was out of uh actual probably genuine popularity but yeah, you won. I think a lot of it was out of spite. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, does we, anybody we, want us to talk about a Nick Cage movie? I, uh, we, we've done The Rock. Who do we want to keep going back to, to the Nick Cage well? I was actually genuinely interested because I thought the first National Treasure at the time was actually really entertaining. I, I don't think I cared for the sequel, so I was kind of genuinely interested in revisiting that movie. And I, you know, I wanted to put something out there that's sort of neutral that anybody, you know. I think a ton of people saw National Treasure, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but to your point, I, I think some of it was spite, probably brought on um, on our own. Uh, there's another podcast here in Kansas City, uh, Who the Hell is This For? And they ran a poll, uh, what, last week, I think, on what they were going to cover. And they wanted Halloween 3, but they put Five Old Goes West on there. And then, uh, you know, maybe us and First Issue Club podcast decided to have a little fun and Five Old Goes West ended up winning. Yeah, it was their, what, with their poll was uh, underappreciated sequels. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and they, they threw Five Old Goes West on there. And well, you know, I'm going to make you watch Five Old Goes West. <laughs> Right. So we we figured like let's not set the bar any lower than at least National Treasure so that we don't have a five old instance on our hand, but uh I, there was some definite retribution heading our way uh for for <laughs> National Treasure. But thankfully Dawn of the Dead pulled ahead. Um I, you know, I I was kind of interested in seeing this uh purely from the perspective of I haven't seen it in a long time and it's like Zack Snyder's first uh first big film. So I was intrigued from that perspective at least. Yeah, I didn't even know it was Zack Snyder. Um, when I think of him, I don't put this in his wheelhouse. I kind of feel like his first one for me is 300. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. This one uh, lacks a lot of what we've come to know as like the Snyder style, I think. I, I kind of wondered if we'd see elements of that going back, and I didn't really see them. 
No, there's definitely nothing in this that says Zack Snyder. <laughs> no, uh, James Gunn writing. Yeah, I caught that too. I thought that was really interesting too. Yeah, it's. But again, you know, I mean, I. I, I might get slaughtered for this comment, but <laughs> off the top of my head, the, the few unique zombie movies I can think of is uh, maybe um, Warm Bodies, if, if you kind of want to count that, and then definitely uh, Zombie Land. So I, I guess that I just don't feel like there's been a lot done in that genre, at least, you know. Well, and you, got, you have to throw in Walking Dead. I know it's a TV series, but yeah. uh, that really monopolized the uh, modern zombie whatever you want to call it <laughs> yeah fad there you go thank you okay well we, we rambled a little bit so let, let's back up just a sec because i took us down a rabbit hole uh reset with our letterbox blurb and and some of the details about the movie and then then we'll dive into it so i don't know how much you want to say about a movie called dawn of the dead but it's a, basically a group of surviving people take refuge in a shopping center after the world has been taken over by aggressive flesh-eating zombies it's a remake of the 1978 uh george romero film so the original was the sequel to Night of the Living Dead, even though it doesn't use any of the same characters or anything. It's just supposed to be like a continuation of that story or of that world. We already mentioned it's directed by Zack Snyder. It was his first feature film. I think he'd maybe done a, a few smaller things here and there, but this was his first big go at it. From a cast standpoint, we have Sarah Polly, Ving Rhames, Jake Weber, Mackay Pfeiffer, a pre-modern family, Ty, is it Burrell? I, I'm not sure. I don't watch Modern Family. Uh, it's 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 Phil Dunphy. Phil Dunphy. Okay, I, I seriously should only should really only be referred to as Phil Dunphy. <laughs> okay, I I've never seen a single episode of Modern Family, so I, I really I, yeah. No, he's he he's hilarious in that. Okay, and then uh, Michael Kelly, and very very not this character. Oh, okay, yeah. I I kind of assume so. It's kind of off putting to see him like this. <laughs> I can see that because I mean, if it's a modern, is this a family sitcom? Uh, this this character is not very family sitcom. He's the epitome of the cheesy, goofy dad that does magic. You know, just a nerd type uh, of thing. Did, okay. did trampoline in college. You know, like that's that's the kind of guy he is. And this is him trying to be a asshole badass kind of. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if I like a badass. badass. Just like. Uh, 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 he's a dick the dick yeah yeah uh, and then last on the cast list i had another kind of um pre-fame guy but michael kelly who plays stamper in house of cards he's he's in this role or in this movie yes doug stamper yeah but he's uh he's made a it's so funny because like once you get used to seeing somebody like that you know he's he's kind of clean cut i know he's kind of a dirty a guy in that show but you know he's always wearing suits and stuff and then here he's this trashy looking security guard with like a Fu Manchu it's just so funny because it, it feels like it doesn't fit him yeah you throw that mustache on somebody and it automatically changes their personality oh yeah totally okay <laughs> so that rounds out the, the the background of the movie if anybody really needed it for this but let's go ahead and, and dive in um you know this... so I mean we, we just started with the cast and we get our stereotypical survivor scenario group you know, lineup. We got our cop. We got our our gangbanger. We got our level-headed leader and his main squeeze. We got our asshole, our confused, kind of scared young adult guy that could be swayed either way. You got your racist hillbilly. You know, the selfish rich guy, and and you got a slut. You know, it's kind of all 
every movie like this has all those typecasted people that you have to have in your movie in order to create conflict. Yeah, it, it's like and, it's the microcosm of society aspect. Yeah, you got, you got to have one of everybody because yep. you couldn't have, you know, just just a group of cops, you know. Right. It's just the dynamic there. You have to have like, OK, that's that guy. And then the uh, I don't think you mentioned the the hillbilly uh, Peyton Manning. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, I tried to keep the cast somewhat to people that we could identify, um, or at least somebody who got like a starring role or whatever. But yeah, no, <laughs> that is funny. Are, are, are we are we are we sure that wasn't Peyton Manning before <laughs> two thousand four? Peyton Manning in the off season, he just got recruited by Zack Snyder to go be a, a hillbilly in a zombie movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> From my perspective, um, yeah, I mean it, it's super formulaic, right? It, you always have to have a slice of life microcosm of society that gets trapped and is fighting back and at some point i just don't like that anymore i've seen it way too many times i would actually prefer to see um a a more unique take on everything i think it works in something like the mist where the story is supposed to be more about what happens when things go bad on the outside but in a movie like uh, this where you clearly know it's a zombie invasion movie and everything's going on. Like you just want to see more kills or you know constant fighting or whatever. I don't think you really care as much about you know is the is the cop and um, the gangbanger guy gonna get along or you know who's gonna be the one to get in the fight between uh, the gangbanger and the racist hillbilly. You know what I mean I don't particularly care about that when I'm watching Dawn of the Dead. I just want to see you know, cool zombie stuff. Right. Although the cool zombie stuff, so it made a little shift from uh, the previous Dawn of the Dead and Night of the Living Dead, where the zombies are fast zombies, which I think is really necessary in a movie like this, really in any zombie movie, because I don't believe that the entire world is going to get snuck up on by, you know, the, the slow-moving you know, walking dead type zombies. Uh, that That's unbelievable to me. <laughs> it, it, you know, if it's one thing like it's in the drinking water and then 90% of the population, you know, turned into zombies and then the ones that were immune or whatever are trying to survive it. But this wave of, of zombie frenzy from the uh, staggering one mile an hour zombies is just not, not believable. But these running zombies, you know, they could take over a city. <laughs> so you're you're more concerned about the logistics of how this even spreads if people or zombies are only walking and, instead of doing anything else. Yeah. Right. And so so I, I like the running zombies. One that adds a little bit more terror of, okay, I can, I have to run away from these people type of thing, not just slowly, methodically bump them around. I, I don't like that. But also, what, what always gets me in these is they know that this is, sort of a virus, right? And so they know that if you get bit, you turn into a zombie. But nobody cares about the zombie blood. Right. You know? They're always covered in zombie blood. And then don't worry about that getting in their mouths or anything. And <laughs> and they're just walking around and covered in, in zombie blood. And I would think that that'd be the first thing that I would do is get clean from this, what we think is an infection. Yeah, I think there's definitely yeah. a... um like some unwritten rules of zombie infestation that somehow uh, bites are the only way it can be transmitted versus like, you know, a zombie coughs on you and it goes in your eyes and then you're, you're infected. I think there's just, (laughs) I don't know why, but at some point 
everybody who writes zombie movies kind of just agreed uh, that like biting is the only way. I mean, I guess in theory, you could make the same argument about like vampires, right? Like if they injected you with their blood, wouldn't that essentially be the same as that? I don't think anybody well, wants to go that route because it's not as cool, but I definitely see what you're saying from like a, an infestation infection standpoint. Well, even if that is the only way, so it's saliva, I guess, is what we're talking about for a zombie bite. But even if that's the only way to turn somebody into a zombie, you have this nurse who thinks it's an infection, but she's always covered in blood. You'd think she would at least have some, hey, let's try to <laughs> let's try to keep ourselves clean just in case. You know, it's more the people's reaction to it than uh, the actual transfer of the disease. I just think that you'd want to get out of those and at least wash your face off as soon as possible when you're covered in zombie blood <laughs> to try to not turn into one. No, because see what we do in, in the, that world, we, we are aware of coughing and sneezing and germs and illness. So we wash our hands and we do all that. But when it comes to zombie blood, we just leave it on us and we, we pretend like the only way to get it is through a bite. Right, right. <laughs> so so, so th those are my, you know, whenever I watch these types of movies, I always try to think logistics of it. And so I like the way that they're, they're running zombies. So kudos to that. But the uh, people's reaction to the, the blood of, I, I just want somebody to, to freak out and try to get clean. That's it. Whether it works or not, you know, that's fine. But to wash off the zombie blood. Surely. Protect against the zombie blood. Surely there's been, because I, I feel like World War Z is more of a contagion zombie movie, right? It's been, I read the book, but it's been years since I've read the book and, or watched the movie. Um, I feel like that one went more, not just biting, but contagious virus, right? I, th yeah, I think it was. Hmm. And same with like 28 Days that, Later I and stuff. I saw that in theaters, and I haven't I haven't seen it since. Yeah, to, to revisit World War Z, um, but that also turned you into a CGI zombie. So I don't know if the virus affected your reality at all. Yeah, the the one thing in terms of like practicality of all this, I don't understand why people don't layer up. Like at the very least, if you know that biting is going to do that, like I understand, like we just don't have chain mail sitting around in a shopping mall, but like you know, at least wear like, you know, four layers of shirts and some high collars or something. So that if the zombie goes to bite you, it at least has to get through some of that. But I mean, they just like the main person, the nurse lady walks around in like a tank top the whole time, like just asking to be bitten. Oh, that's like uh season one. I think like episode one of walking dead, uh, Glenn puts on SWAT gear, you know? And it's like, well, that's smart, you know, layer up in, in riot gear and they're not going to get you. And then as soon as they get out of the city, it's gone. We never see it again. Yeah. I was like, why would you, why would you not just always be wearing your, uh, your SWAT gear? It's just not worth getting surprised or bit. And then they're all running around t-shirt and shorts from there on out. <laughs> yeah. I, I just love the, the world sometimes of zombie movies because of, like I said, the unwritten rules and, you know, are they attracted to sound or not? Can they smell us or not? I, I know some movies have tried to explain, um, like they get into scientific detail about, well, this portion of the brain is still working, which is why they can run. Cause like, it's kind of one of those things where if you're brain dead and you have enough, uh, like if you're a zombie, but you have enough brain activity to be able to do high motor functions, like run and climb and stuff, you would think you'd be able to do other high motor functions. But I mean, I don't think zombie movies are intended to do what we're doing to it, which is dissect, uh, the physics and the biology of it all, but it, it does raise interesting questions because there has been so many different takes on it. But uh, I do, I do agree with you that 
zombies that run are much more terrifying because um yeah it would take a while to hit a tipping point for the slow walking zombies because at that point it's just more about volume than it is like the fear of like a one-on-one exactly and and i know we're not talking walking dead but i think this is probably the only other zombie movie we're going to talk about unless we do zombie land later but i don't know why they use like knives to stab zombies in the head I feel like that's way too close. Why don't, why don't they just use like spears? Keep, yeah. Keep, keep your distance. You know, things like that. Or you have them against a fence and just poke down at their head. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you have to obviously use whatever you've been given. But yeah, I, I would think that if I had a knife, I would tie it to like the end of a pool cue or something and turn it into a spear so I can keep some distance between me. I mean, you, the last thing you want to do is get close to any kind of zombie. Twice as long as a man. <laughs> I think I think Daryl had the right idea in Walking Dead. If you can get a crossbow, uh, the only problem with crossbow obviously is like the limited ammunition, right? So you got to go track down your arrow once you shoot it. Um, but ideally, if you could like tie a, a long string to the end of the arrow after you shoot it and like retract it, that would be the best. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to run out of you know bullets, so that probably makes you know archery probably a better uh, better fit for Zombie Land. Yeah, and, and then yeah. switch to a spear when they get within range, you know. Yeah, there's some badass we- <laughs> There's some badass weapons in some kung fu movies I watched. That I know could really, really do some damage on some zombies. <laughs> so you're gonna raid Odyssey, the martial arts store, when the <laughs> zombie apocalypse comes. Yeah, hey, Ninja Stars would be pretty good as long as you can, I guess, get it into their head enough to destroy it. I don't know. You I don't know, know that. What, yeah, what's the penetration rate? You know, or you know what I mean? Like, how far into the zombie's brain do you have to go before it's done? That's good. Yeah, if you just hit him right in the forehead, and I'm not sure if that ninja star is going to get there. Right. It's kind of like uh, in Deadpool when he takes that last shot, and the last guy, the bullet just sticks on the front of his head. Like, is that a, that, that enough? How far into the brain do we have to go to end this? <laughs> oh, man. But hold on. Before we leave that, though, I will say the one thing I, I did like uh, in terms of weaponry that they did is when they build this big truck at the end that they're going to escape in, I like that they left like a slit open uh, in the middle of the truck on like I, i'm assuming it's either side for them to stick a chainsaw through and just run down the side of the uh truck so that if any zombies were hanging on it basically just saw them in half again not that sawing a zombie in half is going to do any good but from a mass and volume standpoint it at least cuts down half of them and i was trying to think of obviously the uh the chainsaw backfired um because they're idiots but <laughs> um but what, i was trying to think of a, a different way to use that um, but I guess a chainsaw is probably your best bet in a situation like that. Yeah, I don't know what you, else you, you could do there. Have, you just don't have complete morons trying to wield a, a chainsaw. Well, again, that's kind of a staple of either zombie or horror movies. You know, out of that microcosm <laughs> of society we have, at least you know seventy five percent of them have some pretty low IQ. Yeah, and, and there's always somebody that does something stupid that ruins the plan. Oh, sure. Like hey, the hey. the girl in this one who goes chasing after the dog. Yeah, how fast did she get over down to that truck? By the way, yeah, you know, well, and, 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 and like, the she's dog? tearing through. It, it's okay wanting you know to go save your dog, but obviously when they sent it over there, I thought that they would have a plan to bring it back. Why do you feel like you have to go, you know, run your truck through everything? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, you know. And again, then, and then as well, I was trying to put myself in their shoes, she just did that, ran over there, and now there's zombies in there, and we don't know if she made it. And you're sitting there at the mall going, you know, that was that was her choice. You know, yeah, we should save her, but also not if she's going to do crap like this. 
Yeah, they, they could have at least thrown in there that they at least had some motivation to go over there and like restock ammo. That would have well, been. They did. They, okay. they did say we still have to go over there to get Andy's ammo. Okay, I must have missed that part. Because he was a gun store. Yes, I knew that. I, that's why I figured they were going over there, but I didn't remember any character like specifically saying that, so I just must have missed that. Yeah, gun store, good place to be. Not a lot of food over there. No, <laughs> poor Andy was, was starving, <laughs> and he was telling them that. <laughs> right, right. But I think that's, uh, yeah, just people doing stupid things, which I know in life there's a lot of people that do stupid things, so I guess that's okay. But puts the everybody else at risk <laughs> so this will be a hard thing to do um putting yourself kind of in a pre-walking dead world um what do you think i mean okay so when you saw this did you see it like w- around the time that it initially came out when I, yeah i saw this in theaters okay so what did you what did you think about it then versus what did you think about it now just in like a general sense because um, I'll preface this with, it's really hard for me to watch anything zombies anymore because The Walking Dead just burnt me out. So I'm, I'm curious to hear where you're at on that. You have zombie fatigue? <laughs> yes, zombie fatigue. <laughs> uh, no, I, I liked it. Uh, I was really excited for Land of the Dead. And then it was starting, starring uh, John Leguizamo and kind of took the wind out of sails there. Cause that, was, that followed up this one. Yes. Um, but uh, I I liked it. I liked the running zombies. Um, I liked the idea of holding up in a mall. Um, I didn't get how they would have power or longevity or food, but I liked the the general idea of that's a good place to set up camp because um, there's a lot of things that you could use at a mall. You know that you can get really creative with it. Um, no, well, I, I liked it. And I liked can, it. And can I, we they, talk about how? like holding up in a mall is something that like my kids um, who are like 13 and, and nine, th- that would be such a foreign concept to them. Like that, that concept doesn't even work anymore. They'd be like, what, what is a mall? What is this place that you're talking about? It, like, I feel no, like they, they've been to the independence center. Well, but what I, what I mean is like, we've maybe only been to like a, an old school mall as I will call it. Like, once or twice in their lives it's not like when we were younger in high school like we went to the mall all the time so i feel like (laughs) watching this is so funny because it's like in 2004 that still made sense if you make this movie in in 2019 i think you'd have a lot of people being like i mean conceptually i I think everybody gets the idea behind it it's just it felt so dated to me this concept of like holding up in a in a mall where like the food court is and everything it's just something people don't do as much anymore so it's funny that you mentioned that because I went back and watched the trailer for the original to try to refresh myself on on that one. Um, and they in the trailer is what, 78, I think was. Yeah. Something like that. Um, they were trying to explain what a mall was. Oh, geez. you know, it, it was like, uh, for you know, you know, one of those big box malls, you know, that around big box stores and the uh, multiple and they're trying to explain what that was because that was i guess new at the time you know and so it was, it was kind of funny that uh they weren't widespread or you could just say no either out of mall oh man that that's actually pretty funny just from like a, a social commentary standpoint that you could maybe book in the life and death or the birth and death of shopping malls with dawn of the dead movies <laughs> So, but that, but speaking of the original, um, they, uh, they dropped in some cameos. I don't know if, uh, if you noticed any of those that were in the, the original one. Uh, the, uh, I've never seen the original. 
Okay. Well, Sex Machine from. For, oh yeah. Uh, from uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, Tom Savini. He uh he was a co- he was in the original one. Uh-huh. The uh, the preacher, uh, the preacher that was on TV. He was a one of the main characters. Um, that was saying how hell has overflown. Yeah. He was from the original, and then uh, one of the uh, the generals on the newscast was was in there too. Ah, so yeah. So I, I like when they kind of do a nod, but they don't need to make him a focal character, but they just acknowledge the first. Right. I I did recognize Tom Savini because he's he's one of those guys that always he's like a horror um, classic guy, and anytime somebody tends to make either a remake or a modern horror movie, they'll throw him in there. I, I feel like he may not be alive anymore. Um, I can't remember. We might have to, might not be right on that one. But uh, I know that he's always been, uh, oh, he is alive. But I know he's always thrown in there. I've seen him in so many movies. I felt like I had read an article that he he's passed died, away. He's died so many times in movies. I just assumed that he was dead. <laughs> right. This is me uh, losing any horror credibility that I might have had with any listeners. So This guy uh, here's dead. Uh, nope, man. No, he's not. Quick Google shows that. No, no, he's not. So I don't, I don't think you actually answered my question, though. Um, oh. What? I guess what I was trying to get at is like, what's your perspective of this movie pre walking dead and now having seen it post walking dead? Like, did you think it was super cool? Something, you know, a, like really fresh zombie movie back in 2004. But now that you watch it, you're like, all right, been there, done that way too much. No, it's, it's another zombie movie now, you know, it's okay. Another zombie movie. I'm, I'm, I'm over zombies. Um, and I think, yes, that has largely in part to do with walking dead. Yeah. Uh, and I, I asked that kind of selfishly because that's sort of where I'm at. Um, I think I made it through like five seasons of the walking dead. Um, and then zombies just got really, really kind of passe for me. I just, I, I couldn't do it anymore. Walking dead got really repetitive. Uh, everybody tried to jump on the bandwagon and some, some, like I mentioned earlier, uh, warm bodies, zombie land, they, they did some creative fun things with the concept, but just generally speaking, it, it got beaten into the ground for me. So Going back and watching this, um, there wasn't anything overly unique in this story or setting for me. I mean, maybe it would. I, I saw it on Netflix back when Netflix, you know, when I subscribed to the discs in the mail. And I remember thinking it was a, a solid movie at the time. I didn't, wasn't blown away by it. But uh, watching it now in hindsight, there's just not a whole lot that it's bringing to the table other than what we have seen since then. No, I agree. I agree. And yeah, my, my zombie fatigue set in when they made the spinoff of The Walking Dead. And then that's when made me lose interest in the, the main series. And I've faded since then. Yeah. And so it, uh, it's like, okay. And then now they're, I think they're making another spinoff on it. It's like, let it oh. let it go. Let it die. But it comes back. Oh, all right. Is that kind of punish? Is that what you were going for? Yeah, that's where I was going for. I didn't know where I was going, but that's where I was going for. <laughs> I, I connected the dots. Well, and that has Thank me you. a little bit worried about Zombieland 2, because I, I think that that movie was really funny and unique. And I, that's coming out, I believe, later this year. I'd have to check my notes on that one. I know they just announced it. Maybe it's maybe it's in another year. I, after I don't that. think later this year. I think they're filming this year. OK, um, but, but yeah, that, that has but, me worried that, for that. Well, we put that on our uh, what ten years ago poll, right? Mm-hmm. And that did, and that didn't win because I was kind of anxious to see how that one holds up. Because I remember that being that is more than just zombies. That's a that's a funny movie. 
Uh, it was just well directed, I think. Um, and it brought more than just zombies. And so it gave a little extra. So I hope that, you know, even even Bill Murray pretending to be a zombie, you know? <laughs> right. That, I mean, just stuff like that is just, is funny. And I well, think it, that changes the genre a little bit. Yeah. I mean, truly it was, you know, we've had arguments about movies before. Like, is it an action comedy or a comedy action? And I, with Zombieland, it's a com comedy zombie movie not a zombie comedy movie right like the comedy is first and it sent it it builds it around the zombies it's not you know like i I knew i was in for a funny movie in like the opening scene where jesse eisenberg drops his keys and he just runs a big circle to get the zombies to chase him he picks (laughs) them back up like okay that's clever you're having fun with this concept Uh, you, you get it whereas something like uh dawn of the dead is just you know it's just a straight traditional zombie movie. And it was trying to be, it was a remake of the you know original one. I don't think it was trying to do anything overly new, just update it with modern storytelling, modern effects, whatever. So I don't think it was trying to necessarily push any boundaries. It was probably just trying to stay in its lane and be a, a fine zombie movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, and what gets me, and so I'm going back to the actual movie is they wheel in that, that big fat lady who looks clearly like she's dead already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're worried about bringing people in that were infected. And you couldn't take two looks at this lady and know that she was infected. And then she dies and then she sits up in the bed, you know, mm-hmm. and they're all surprised that she does that. Right. Like there are, there are hundreds of these zombies outside right now. And you're surprised that this lady came back to life. <laughs> I know. Like It's just a weird scene to me. Like that didn't need to be, Right, and, and no, and it's not, and nobody knew who she was. It's not like it was somebody's wife, like Mackay Pfeiffer's wife, you know. Yeah, and they all came in like that, and nobody even knew her name. It's like if you kind of if you saw that, you'd be like, she's infected. Let's get her out of here, or at least no, okay, she's dead. We should probably, you know, put one in her skull. Right. It felt like how sometimes you and I talk about people have an idea for a scene in their head, and they're going to shoehorn that scene in no matter what it takes. And it's, it felt like somebody's like, hey, we got to have this really, we got this cool design for this zombie that's really bloated and this big, fat, gross lady. And everybody's going to be like, oh, gross. But how, how do we get her in this? Right. And then they just like, well, let's just have him bring the body in. I felt like she should have been like the one who was bit when we didn't know that that's what caused it yet. Yeah. You know, and then, and then turned over time. I felt like if they wanted that look, they should have gone that way. Yeah. But but they already did that, and so it, it it was weird placement for me. Of we already know that these people can come back to life, and you're still trying to save her, and then you just write her off as dead. And yet, oh my gosh, she's back! How is that possible? <laughs> right? I, I, I don't understand. Even though oh, they okay, even though they had said already in the movie, like I, I, my timing might be off on this, but there's one point where she's like. No, she wasn't bit because she would have already turned by now. So they're clearly aware of the, the cycle in which it takes. And, you know, she obviously, the, the main nurse, knows from her husband or boyfriend, whoever that was, that they, they turn really quickly. So they're aware pretty, I don't know. Yeah, they, they know early on what this is going to be. So why wheel them in? Totally agree with you. It's just somebody wanted that in the movie. Two, th- two things on that. You mentioned, oh, she's not going to turn because she was shot, not bitten. Well, why risk it? Just put one in a skull, you know, (laughs) you know, I mean, oh, save that one bullet or just 
stab her in the skull if that's what you're worried about. But why do I take that chance? Right. Uh, if it's some sort of, oh, I was wrong, it's some sort of airborne infection. I don't know. <laughs> I know. Uh, but the other thing was when her husband, so she's a nurse. She's and looked like a trauma nurse. And her husband's neck gets ripped out and she, she puts pressure on it. But then she goes, she leaves him for him to hold it to go dial 911. And then stays on nine, trying to get through to nine one one while her husband's bleeding out. Right. I'm like, I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, I expect you know my wife to do something like that. Cause she has absolutely nothing, knows nothing about medicine or whatnot. Just I'm gonna try to dial nine one one to get somebody who knows what they're doing here. But she's a nurse, you right. know. Like, like it did not seem like the, the logical solution there. Right. No, I totally agree. And I, I felt like she could have found something a little bit better than a pillowcase. Like I actually thought she was going to tie the pillowcase around his neck. And I was like, wait, uh. I, did too. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh, okay, I could do a pillow. Yeah, that's good. R- tie it around. And, no, here, hold it here. I'm like, oh, okay. Look, I, I, I don't know the first thing about medicine, but movies has taught me that if anybody has a cut, um, you just tie some pressure super on tight uh, above the cut. That's all I know. And then the only other thing I know is that I can put gunpowder on it and ignite it, and I will be good after that. Yeah, I got to cauterize the wound. Exactly. Or, 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 heat, or heat up a knife in a fire exactly. and then put it on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey. And then, then, then your bullet hole is now now healed. <laughs> Somebody... If it went all the way through. If it went all the way through. Now, if you have to dig out the bullet, that's a different scenario. But if it went all the way through, you could just put a hot iron on it and you're good yeah, to go. Exactly. Somebody should teach a class of medical training based only around what we've learned in movies. Shot in the shoulder, you're good to go. Climb yeah. up that, you know, skyscraper. Yep. <laughs> well, duct tape fixes anything per the rock. No, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, what did you think about the effects? Oh, they're good. I mean, I, I I like the practical effects of above like World War Z where they're all CGI. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, there's there's nothing that and there's a couple zombie stab scenes. It's like okay, that kind of looked dumb. Like it didn't like the flesh didn't look real but i mean i definitely prefer this this method yeah i like the zombie effects they where they went practical um i I had a few problems with um, some of the overhead shots that they did where like a fake helicopter comes in and there's some explosions you can really tell some of that is cgi um but it it wasn't wasn't overly bad it was just kind of noticeable but I, i the cgi was just when they used it it was very 2004 which was a really bad time to be doing CGI. Like I feel like, you know, 1996 through, you know, 2005 CGI was just really, really rough. Um, they were, people were using it when they shouldn't have been. And this wasn't too bad, but you can just tell it's, it's, it's sort of dated. No, I agree. I agree with that. Um, last thing I had, uh, did you ever play dead rising on either like Xbox? It would have been Xbox thing back in the day. Dead, no, I played Resident Evil. Okay, so Dead Rising, because uh, I watched this movie, and I was like, man, I played a game just like this. And I went and looked it up, and it was Dead Rising, and I had it on 360, and you basically played a guy in a shopping mall uh, where zombies were attacking, and I think he was like a photojournalist, and you could take pictures, but you got bonus points for that. how you killed people and stuff. Yeah. Well, I read up about it, I guess. Uh, I think, I forgot who sued who, but like either the movie... Um, company or whatever sued the video game because they're like hey you're basically just doing dawn of the dead video game they ended up losing the suit but it just i know that i remembered playing this game back in the day and and i always associate that game with this movie and i just thought that was interesting that they well i guess could get away with that the whole let's just make a 
a video game about a zombie invasion in a mall that pretty much is the exact same as the movie, but I think they won their case and they were fine. That surprises me. Yeah, I agree, but I, I never under, fully understand what's like, what's ripping off something. Copy legal- yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, you can just say we own all the rights to all zombies. I mean, I don't think you can do that. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Where you no. put them, we also have a mall. I mean, that's hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> We'll, we'll let our, our, our legal brethren, you know, follow up with those. Yeah. We, that's, we, not, that's not my world. <laughs> nope, not even close close to my world. So I did like that. Uh, I mean, typically in these movies, you get one survivor or two survivors, but they had a good group of survivors at the end of this, or the credits, that is. You know, so I, w- I was expecting them all to die in very different ways, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they, but they had four four on the boat one two three yeah ving rames the lady and then the couple yeah because the main dude can't get on the boat at the end i think you'd have been the fifth. okay well and you mentioned the, the main dude who could have done what doug stamper did because he already knew he was dead but yeah. he let doug do it instead <laughs> nobody liked doug in, in this movie anyways oh here i thought he redeemed himself uh, kind he of start, yeah he started out bad but then he came around and he was useful. Although I never understand the sacrifice play, the way they do that of all stand back and you guys go when didn't really do anything, you know, it's right. why don't you just stay with the group? You know, we can shoot them as we run. You're not, you're not changing anything here. Yeah, right. Well, and it's, I mean, like Stamper was, he was toast, right? He had, I mean, he, there's no way he was getting out. So at least he was going to take some with him. So I at least understand that angle. Well, but why didn't you get out of the truck with the rest of them? Yeah. Yep. He goes, no, I'll, I'll follow you guys. I'm like, what? Why? Just come now. <laughs> but like, there's there's thirty zombies sprinting at him, and he's got a shotgun. I mean, there's definitely more zombies than bullets. Just get to the freaking boat. And if you want to blow up the the thing, because the big tank was in there, you know, do that from the other side of the right. Truck. <laughs> yeah. No. There, there's all there's there's plenty of movies that do that where they no, I'll, I'll hold them here. It's like. You last about 30 seconds, if that. You know, you're much more valuable alive later than, than killing yourself here. Right. At and usually, like guy usually what happens in those movies is that somebody makes that sacrifice, and then like two minutes later, the movie negates the reason to even have made that sacrifice. Like, well, that was kind right. of a waste. <laughs> right. That was a giant waste. Yeah. No, I'll stay here with you. No, he's already dead. You know, why? why just let him go. But let him go, and you can live to fight another day. Yeah. <laughs> Well, those are my those are my last two comments. I think I've, I'm running out of things to say. Well, well, hold on. So before oh. we before we run out of things to say, uh, we asked for some comments and feedback on uh, or questions, right, on on this movie. And first oh, issue yeah. first issue club decided to go full Jeopardy on us uh, right in Uh-oh. the middle of this episode. So we're going to be put a little bit on the spot here. They have s- said Romero used the zombies as a metaphor for blind consumerism and Dawn of the Dead. Originally, the zombie horde represented the turbulent changes happening in the 60s in Night of the Living Dead. So with that in mind, what do zombies represent about our culture today? Is that a Dawn of the Dead question? <laughs> I think it's more of a question about the use society? of society. Zom- well, it's the, it's the question about the metaphor of zombies in society. So in the 60s, it was, uh, you know, the cultural kind of uprisings. In, in the 70s, it was blind consumerism. So if we were to equate zombies 
to something in today's world? What What is that metaphor in today's world? I think that it, that's tough to generically answer because I think that somebody can use zombies for whatever their message is. So somebody might use zombies in Zombieland differently than they use them in, uh, say, for example, World War Z. So when we talked about World War Z, um, obviously the very superficial reading of that is it's just a, a metaphor for um like pandemics and the ability for the world to basically quickly be overtaken by any kind of um, biological either weapon or disaster that would happen. It's just, it just manifests itself in the form of zombies. But if you contrast that with like walking dead, for example, um, I don't know that I ever felt walking dead had its zombies representing anything other than just um I mean, you could almost argue like a giant MacGuffin to get our characters to go through things, some different scenarios differently. I, I never got the impression that Walking Dead was trying to give us a message behind those zombies. So uh, maybe my answer is a little bit of a cop-out, but I don't think that... Um, I, I think it depends on the medium and the director and the writer that's presenting that. And I can't really think of a recent zombie movie that is pushing some kind of message. What about you? I think it's more now that I think most zombie movies are man-made disasters, like man-made viruses, man-made, you know, it's our hubris, if you will, that playing, playing create God. our own demise, you know? And so I think it, it's something like, something along those lines. Uh, we did it to ourselves versus I think Night of Living Dead, it just happened type of thing. It's It's hell spilling over. You know, it's something out of our control when now it's more of a, we did this, we deserve this, we're now eating each other. Yeah, so that would that would tie into with um, another zombie movie that we saw earlier this year uh, in theaters. Well, I shouldn't say earlier this year, I should say late last year, Overlord. Um, it, it wasn't, uh, yeah, hell overrunning. It wasn't the necessarily like the occult. It wasn't demons. I think zombies used to come from a place of, it's just um, spiritual evil. or biblical or evil, right? Yeah, good point. And to your point, um, yeah, it's always now because we tinkered with something. We we were trying to create a virus as a weapon, or we were trying to uh, figure out how to conquer death. Or in the case of Overlord, you know, we were trying to uh, build an army, and, and things go bad. So I think that's a good point. I I, I think in modern times, it's yeah, a shift from. Uh, people viewing the world as good and evil to uh, humans trying to conquer the world and life and death with science and pushing boundaries. And uh, you could even... You get get your comeuppance. Yeah, and you could even equate that to the movies and the stories about us creating AIs, right? It's really no different. We're creating artificial intelligence that then goes haywire and kills us. In this case, we're creating biological weapons that that go... So it's playing at our fears zombies to skynet yeah i did because i mean i think it's pretty much the same you think you got it all under control you're smart and it goes wild so yeah that's a good point by you and i I would definitely agree with that so thank you first issue club for uh going full like uh textbook question on us there and and keeping us on our toes (laughs) yeah all of the above that's a good answer i think all right (laughs) so now that we've we've answered our double jeopardy question i think i'm i'm officially running out of things to say i am thor Son of Odin, as long as there is life in my breast, I am 
running out of things to say. Are you ready? All right. So what did you rate it and why? Uh, so I'm again, I rate my movies in, in the genre in which they are. And so I compared to other horror movies, I put this at a three. So I think it's an above average horror movie, above average zombie movie. Um, it's not great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's, it's not terrible either. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. Um, average, nothing special. I really, really like the opening. We didn't really talk about that, but I like how um, there's some filming that it does. I, I like that you know the, the people wake up in bed the next morning, the girl's standing there, and then she runs around in her car, and there's that you know panning shot of the neighborhood kind of already starting to go up in flames, and then the camera follows her car until she, until she eventually crashes. And then they roll the credits. So I like that long opening that they do. Uh, after that, uh, uh, just kind of standard zombie stuff. So I gave it a three because I thought it was fine for what it is. Um, if we could do other ratings, I would have had it at like a two seven five. But we're, we're at a three. <laughs> You're trying to change our rating scale. <laughs> no, I like to be specific when I can. So if we could do two seven five, I would have done that. But I'm gonna go ahead and round it up to a three. Okay, and so. I think you might have mentioned this, but what was your favorite moment? Uh, you know, I, I liked the opening scene. I think it's the best part of the movie, but my favorite moment was the shooting of the celebrities. I thought that was just silly ah, fun. You took mine. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, Jay Leno. <laughs> yeah. Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, yeah. That didn't even really look like him. He's good. <laughs> okay, so question about that. Were they supposed to really be the... They They clearly were not the actual um, no you see what i'm asking yeah because they're in wisconsin yeah exactly but it, it, i had to think about that for a minute because they they only show you briefly that they were in wisconsin at the very beginning because i mean so at first i was like wait those aren't the real celebrities like we're not in california are we and i was like no okay no they're not so that's just people that look like it which makes it a little bit funnier to me oh i think i think it's hilarious that they're trying to see if he could figure out who they say looks like jay leno right so it's not just that he can yeah. shoot them it's that he can shoot the right one Right. Yeah. He's trying to identify him, you know, who kind of looks like Burt Reynolds. Right. That's why, that's why he was so impressed. It didn't even really look like him, you know. <laughs> None of them had a Wisconsin accent, by the way. Did you notice that? Yeah, no. So I noticed the flag, the Wisconsin flag at the beginning. I was like, okay, that's where we are, you know, because I, I wondered that. And then um, throughout the movie, because they were talking about lakes and, and islands and whatnot. And I was like, okay, there, there's a bunch up, up that way, but nobody had an accent. Right. Yeah. At least one would have an accent. Yeah, nobody wants to hear a Wisconsin accent. (laughs) They wouldn't even know what it is. Why are these people talking funny? It's kind of like when people watch Fargo, they're like, what is this? That was Minnesota. One one, one fiftieth of our (laughs) viewing audience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, One thing you would change. Uh, Actually, well, since you took my favorite moment, um, I changed mine to when the little girl is on the ground, then she hops up to her feet. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I was like, she, the little hop, hop, jump step before she, she runs at them. I, I really like that. Yeah. But, but the, the, the shooting of the celebrities was definitely the, the best there. Yep. Agreed. One thing I would change would be, um, I liked the reason for why they left them all. It, it made sense. Not just the, the straight we're running out of food or whatever. It was, hey, let's get to an island because that makes sense. That's, that would be a logical plea. If, if I were there that somebody would make and I'd say, oh yeah, I get along with that. Um, but I don't, I wish they would have done more with just the resources they had at the mall. Mm-hmm. 
and and it just you have this whole mall with in theory infinite stores that could be there and i think they could have played with that a lot more yeah i think it would have been cool to see the zombies get in the mall and have them you know kind of be forced to use the different stores in different ways just to at least kind of have fun with it instead of you know yeah. just kind of holding up out you know keeping them outside the mall i mean i get it from a practical standpoint but it would have been fun to exploit the mall a little bit more even you know sporting goods store that's you know they're using those to pick off zombies outside or i don't know you know put your catcher's gear on or, or something you know th- there's lots of other other stores that i think could have been more creatively used yeah agreed so that's what i would change what about you uh, we mentioned it a little bit in the beginning, but I would have dropped the social microcosm angle. It, It's always there, but it's just always too much. It's a Dawn of the Dead movie. Just keep it to like an hour and 20 minutes and just show lots of zombie kills. Don't I don't need to go through the same motions over and over again of, you know, the different... Playing the stereotypes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's just not what I want to see in this kind of movie. So I just would have dropped it all together and filled that time with uh, sporting good violence. <laughs> so what casting change would you have made um i didn't really care for the guy who plays the the good guy hero um i know i've seen him in a bunch of stuff he's just his name's jake weber but he's just sort of a a, a that guy kind of and i try to think about who in maybe 2004 would have been kind of big but still be willing to do a movie like this where they're clearly not going to pay top level i mean being rames probably took all the money um so i went with thomas jane <laughs> so you put him in another mist like scenario yeah except this time let him have fun um, <laughs> what about you what was your casting change uh well i took out phil dumphy because it didn't fit for me now in 2004 i didn't have a problem with it because i didn't know who he was right um but, but now it, it doesn't doesn't work for him as an asshole so i put in uh shooter mcgavin <laughs> okay so I thought he'd fit as that uh, that asshole there that wanted to get on his boat. He had a boat and all that fun stuff. So that's uh, that's my change. Yeah, look, you will get zero complaints from me about trying to cast um, Shooter McGavin in any kind of asshole role because he is basically the peak of being an asshole. So uh, <laughs> I, I'm all I'm all for that. Good, good. So what award did you give this movie? I gave it the. Um, and we didn't talk about this, so uh, this will be kind of a, a an interesting maybe side conversation. But I gave it the "We Made a CGI Baby Better Than Twilight" almost ten years earlier award. What? Yeah, that the baby that ended up being a zombie. Uh, it's super cheesy and kind of borderline crappy, but at the same time, it's still somehow better than the CGI baby that came out like eight years later in Twilight. So that was the first thing that popped in my head. I was like, "Oh God, that's so that's so bad and cheesy." And I was like, "Yep, somehow that baby looks more realistic than the one that came out in Twilight." Wow, I don't remember the Twilight baby. Ew, yeah, it's no good. I, I, that's the last one, right? Yeah, so the problem with the Twilight Baby was it was wholly unnecessary. Like, literally, the baby's not supposed to be anything other than look like a combination of those two, so they felt the need to CGI it, and it's just ridiculous. You'll have to YouTube it. There's no need for it. At least in in Dawn of the Dead, they were trying to make a zombie baby, so instead of kicking a real baby and all sorts of gross makeup and stuff, they were just like, let's just kind of CGI this, and it looks better than the other one. So that's mine. Interesting. And yours? So I gave it the best Mackay Pfeiffer performance. Oh, wow. Did you actually scroll through Mackay Pfeiffer's 
filmography? Um, I know he's in this and Eight Mile. Oh, so so you are basing this award <laughs> on two movies? You couldn't even give Mackay the courtesy of going at least a scroll through his filmography. You know, yeah. So I mean, if you are scrolling through and you get uh, Honey, you get it's <laughs> never good. <laughs> it's a uh, divergent. I mean, he doesn't have a I, lot I feel like, that's... no, I, I feel like Mackay uh, has a very limited uh, film roles. Uh, he migrated over to TV uh, pretty quickly. I mean, I, I think he came back in a few, but um, for the most part, he's, I think, spent his career in, in TV. I mean, I think the the only one that you could argue would be 8 Mile. And he's kind of weird in that. So I'm going to give this... <laughs> And I must say that I have not seen seen Honey, so that there's there's my caveat. But I think it is the best Mackay Pfeiffer role. As I'm scrolling through here, that there's nothing else that's that I'm forgetting that makes <laughs> any sort of sense. <laughs> yeah, you you were scraping the bottom of the barrel on this one. Uh, I I'm hoping there's a listener out there who loves Mackay Pfeiffer who just roasts you for this. I. uh Yes, yes. No, I, I fully, fully agree. This was not my best work. Because <laughs> I, I can <laughs> safely say that uh, even if I have, even if we have listeners who love Twilight, I, I think there's pretty much universal agreement that that CGI baby was trash. So I don't think I'll take a lot of flack for mine. But I can't imagine there's a lot of people carrying a torch for Mackay Pfeiffer. Hey, you never know. I, there's people that have torches for Dean Kane, and I wouldn't have thought that either. So. It happens. Well, how, well, hold on. How can you not for Dean Kane? <laughs> well, if, if, he mean, didn't, if he didn't win you over with Lois and Clark, then right, you know, rock and jock basketball. You know, <laughs> yeah, he used to ball out on that. He used to fire from half court. That's how I remember. Is he's and then he always, of course, called himself Superman shoots from half court or something like that. Right. Well, and and he played for the Bills, right? Didn't he? If, if memory serves correct. No way. Mm. He, he played pro. I am pretty sure that Dean Kane played for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, okay, wow. I should say, I should say he uh, he was signed to the Buffalo Bills. Um, Practice but squad. He, no, he he blew out his knee in training camp, so uh, he he never took the field as a Buffalo Bill, but he was officially a Buffalo Bill. Huh. Yeah, okay. the more you know. <laughs> so, All right, last <laughs> last question. Move off, Team Kane. Oh and, boy! Uh, if you like this movie, you would also like. You mentioned this earlier, so I wonder if this is what you're picking. Uh, Land of the Dead, two thousand five. Uh, I don't think it was actually a sequel to this. I I could be wrong. It might have been, but I know it was directed by George Romero, who did the original uh, Dawn of the Dead and the original Night of the Living Dead. Um, but from what I remember, I have not seen this movie since probably 2005 or 2006, but I, I got them kind of confused in my head because I, when I was watching this movie, Dawn of the Dead, I was like, wait, isn't Leguizamo in this or Asia Argento? And then I had to go digging for it. And, and this movie, um, was actually Land of the Dead. So if you like Dawn of the Dead, I don't really see any reason why you wouldn't at least kind of like Land of the Dead. Well, I, I disagree with, with your take, but this is a 
it is a sequel in the same way that this was a sequel of Night of Living Dead. Oh, okay. Uh, I got you. Uh, same world, not same characters. Okay. Makes so sense. it's like people surviving now that this had happened. Now that it's kind of like Walking Dead today, the 10th season of they've established colonies, if you will, type of thing. I got you. Uh huh. The e- evolution of the zombie. But no, I do not. I do not agree with that because Land of the Dead is is a far worse movie. So I don't I don't agree with you on that one. Okay, that's fair. But I went with the uh, the layup. Uh, if you like this movie, I think you would definitely like Zombie Land. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I mean, I think that works only because I think Zombie Land is really funny. I mean, I think if you're somebody who watches zombie movies for like the actual zombiness of it and the walking dead nature of it and the zombie kills like zombie land doesn't really do that. So I think your liking of zombie land is going to hinge way more on the fact of whether you think Woody Harrelson and Emma Stone and Jesse Eisenberg are funny as opposed to it being zombie content. So I I think generally speaking, I would agree with you. I think you run the risk of somebody watching zombie land by chance and then having a reaction like we did to happy death day to you where you're like whoa you're, you're kind of getting away from what i thought this was supposed to be um i don't uh, think it's very more, likely more happy but... death day than happy death day too sure i i, I was just trying to make the to- tonality it's, it's... happy death yeah. day 2 changed everything right but that's that's what genre Right, that's what I'm saying. I just I think you run the risk of somebody who likes pure zombie movies seeing Zombieland and not liking the idea that it was basically a comedy with zombies as opposed to like a straight zombie movie. So that would be the only reason I would say that. But I personally think Zombieland is a great combo of comedy and zombies. So on the surface, and generally speaking, I agree with you. I think there's that sliver of people that might not agree. Okay, well, those sliver of people, you can message me and we'll talk about it. <laughs> that's always a good plan. <laughs> right. So that does it for this episode. I think next week we're off of retros and off of polls for a little while. And we basically know what we're getting into. We're, we're going full Captain Marvel. So oh, yeah. we're both pretty excited for that. I already got my tickets. I need to buy mine. I think you're going to see it opening night. Opening night. All right. We're not seeing it until probably Saturday. So you will not be able to talk to me about it for a few days. <laughs> All right. Are we going full this time? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Yeah, we we might. We'll we'll see how it plays out. Uh, may not go. Maybe maybe lukewarm. Maybe instead of lukewarm. going in cold. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, like usual, uh, contact us if you want to on Twitter. Mainly Twitter. That's where we're at. You can also get us on Facebook. But twoviewsmovies at gmail.com. Make sure you go out and subscribe to the podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Google Play. Uh, what else am I not telling people? Uh, oh yeah, leave us a, a rating and review. That definitely helps us out. Uh, but we love talking to everybody. So, so hit us up if you have questions or want to just chat movies. And we will catch you next time. What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both?